Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 145. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. There's a lot a lot going on in the NHL, which is great. Yep. It is great. Uh, I saw a couple of like, national writers going like, I haven't done this many spots about the NHL since... You know, enter really popular NHL date like Stanley Cup Finals type of thing. Right, right. That's how popular the NHL was because like they're, they're the first league outside of really the NFL who hasn't had to do anything yet. Um, that is about to restart. Right? We haven't heard MLB's plan. We haven't heard the NBA. Last we heard about them is they're going to be in Disneyland or something playing with Mickey Mouse. But more <laughs> more on that later. Um, so I, I I'm loving it. Hockey is kind of back, baby. Oh boy, get it right into my veins ah, that kind of hurt <laughs> yeah I'm, lo- I'm loving it too uh as for myself today i am on a mission to get into better shape now after eating myself into a place where i didn't want to be uh in quarantine so i did a seven mile bike ride today and i'm gonna try and do that every day i don't know if it's gonna work but that's my goal the rainy days are gonna be the hardest so like, even weekends even weekends, yes. I, I pretty much weather permitting is where I'm at right now. I don't think I can't see myself doing it in the in inclement weather. So that that's where it gets rough for me is that those those days where like I'll, I'll work out right, like I'll do the same thing. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get into shape. I'm gonna get not buff but cut. I'm gonna gain some weight, put on some muscle, and then there's like three days where like I either leave the city or I'm doing something else, or it's raining, or it's a combination of all those, and then. Pfft, gone i never see that routine ever again that's my that's my fear but uh i I saw a number on the scale that i wasn't happy about so i have to make a change (laughs) fair enough that's when you see the number that's when it's kind of like whoa this is too real it's not a concept anymore no exactly so uh that that's what's up with me as for now but we got a lot to get to today mitch yes we do we have a lot of newsworthy content it's it's great i'm loving it Absolutely. So let's jump right in. We'll start with uh, some of the bigger news from today. Adam Pellick is supposedly going to be cleared to play when this thing returns, which is huge for the New York Islanders, because as we know, Mitch, you wrote about it and talked about it online a ton. The Islanders record with Pellick versus without this year is staggering. Oh, it, it's terrible. I think let me get the tweet out. I believe it's 25, 10 and three with him. And then it's like 10, 13, and 7 without. That sounds about right. I'm just, my phone is being super slow because, you know, obviously the second I need it, it's like, oh, what? You need me? I don't have to do anything. Screw you. Uh, I'm trying to bring this up. Oh, my God. So many not checked tweets. I'm pretty sure it's 25, 10, and 3. Why do I need to check this? I have the photos. Just go to the photos, Mitch, you dumb, stupid idiot. Um, There it is. Okay. Oh, I don't even have it. Anyways, 53 points. They're the fourth best team in the NHL with Pelic. 53 points with Pelic. So that's leading up to, I think I went to January 1st. I may have gone to December 31st because he uh, went out to January 2nd, right? He didn't play the game uh, the game against the Devils on the 2nd of January. So they're 53 points. Uh, fourth best team in the NHL at that point. And then they drop to the 26th best team in the NHL with 27 points a point four five points percentage. Their points percentage before that was six nine seven. 
That's a big difference. <laughs> and of course, it's not just Adam Pellick, right? Like uh, Barry yeah. Trotz has talked about it before. It's Sezikis, it's Matt Martin, it's Cal Clutterbuck, and, and the, the, the interchange of those three. But it certainly doesn't help when you have your number one defensive defenseman in a defensive orientated system. Like you just, that's, <laughs> that doesn't help. Right, exactly. With the style that the Islanders play, losing, I think it's a combination of Pelic and Sezikis. We knew that Sezikis was going to come back. So I think, you know, today, obviously, the the bigger news is that, that Pelic is going to be cleared to go. Because like you said, he was their best and still is their best defensive defenseman. And it, it's pretty obvious that his absence made a huge difference, so much so that they had to trade for Andy Green. Well, yes, but they traded for Andy Green way too late, right? Again, like Adam Pellick went down January 2nd, and I believe the Andy Green trade was February 13th. Yeah, I, I think they wanted to give Noah Dobson a little bit of a chance and just see if they could kind of slide that in and have it work, and it it, it, it didn't. It didn't, and no offense to Noah Dobson, it didn't, but they were playing him on his, on his offside. So you're right, it didn't work, but like they weren't really setting him up to succeed. They're also limiting those minutes, right? Right. I, I kind of put it on more that he was playing like eight minutes a night, and they're, they're rolling with five defensemen playing way too many minutes. Yeah, exactly. Well, then that, that's exactly it, right? And so they eventually they're like, we can't keep going like this because we're not winning. So we got to bring someone in, and they did with, with Andy Green. I haven't looked at the record since they picked up Andy Green, but I I, I don't imagine it's a, a, like a million times better. No. But Adam Pellick will be back or will be ready at least to take part into training camp. We'll see if they'll uh, clear him to play. Uh, I would imagine he will. He's been rehabbing apparently this entire time. Because um, remember, it's a torn Achilles, right? That that requires surgery. So he had to go through surgery and obviously get get back to you know walking shape. Uh, and then and then bring it on slowly and surely. And with this whole coronavirus thing, obviously isn't helping him getting onto the ice and, you know, testing it out on skates. Right. Absolutely. So that to me, that's why I was surprised just because with all the factors going on. And I know that like the season being pushed back theoretically could help someone who was injured come back to play. But my thing was, is he going to be able to have enough rehab in time for this? Or are they just going to be kind of rushing him back? But if he is able to get that rehab in, then that is that's huge for the Islanders, and you know that could make all the difference in the world. What you know what the team looks like. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Like I, I, I had a, I think it was Chris Estero. I, I might get the the last name uh, wrong here. I'm sorry. Uh, we were talking on Twitter about this. Like, well, does he go into the lineup? And he kind of essentially got me to essentially say the same thing that you just said here. Is going well. It depends on if he's healthy enough. It seems that he's healthy enough, and what Lou has been saying right now is that he will be healthy enough, but what they, they being the Islanders, like to do is take their time in recovering their players. Just talk to Andrew Ladd. Uh, And so, will they throw him in game one? Probably, if he's fine, but if not, they might wait and, and play Andy Green in his spot. So, I would imagine if they can, they will, but if he's at 80%, there's no way they risk it. That's another thing that I wanted to talk about, is with him returning him being Adam Pellick what and we're assuming that he could he's good to go into play in the first round series against the Panthers what do you think the defensive core is going to look like it's it's probably going to be like we saw throughout the season right you've got your first three pairs and your second pair is going to be Green Dobson or sorry when I say second pair I mean fourth pair Green Dobson okay so both of those guys are going to be the scratch yeah I I would I would think so yeah, I would. I tend to agree with you. Uh, I've seen some people say to scratch either Mayfield or Boychuk, which uh, maybe you could sell me on Boychuk. I personally wouldn't do it. You definitely couldn't sell me on Mayfield. I think that's crazy to break up the Taze and Mayfield pairing, but I, I did see that online a little bit today. Uh, I... I tend to believe that it's going to go back to what we saw in the beginning of the year, Pelic, Pulak, Taze, Mayfield, and then, you know, Letty Boychuk. Yeah, I, I get the idea of not playing Boychuk, but if you're not playing Boychuk, then the only one to replace him with, assuming you're you're looking to match handedness, is Noah Dobson. And I, I don't think the Islanders are, are there yet. 
Not not in games that are this important. It, it would surprise me if they are not willing to play him in back-to-back nights if they're going to toss him in game one for a play-in series against the Florida Panthers. Um, that would surprise me. Uh, it, it wouldn't be shocking, but it would be kind of like, all right, well, that's what happened in these like two, two three months. All of a sudden, you're like, Noah Dobson is great, which we all think, but like, do they immediately all of a sudden kind of like click it in? Like, he's had time to mature, guys. Get him in there. Uh, yeah, I, I would find that really hard to believe. And I would assume that it would be Green going in for Boychuk and just having him play on the offside. Again, I'm not a fan of that. Probably. Um, but I would think that if you are making that argument that you have to get Green in there because you traded for him, which, again, don't agree with. But if you're making that case, then I would assume that it would be him over Dobson. I'd be very, very surprised if we see Noah Dobson at all in the playoffs. Yeah, it would be surprising unless there's an injury, of course. But And we also know that rosters... W- are likely to expand, like everyone, including Lula Amarello, figures it's going to be 30-player rosters, um, which I know that after the trade deadline, the rosters expand, but it really only you only get three other call-ups, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's three, it's max three or four. Either way, it may be four. It's Let's just say hairs. it's three yeah. at, at 26, right? Rosters would then be 26, essentially. Yeah. So it's another four players that they're allowed to bring in. Um, so they're... I would imagine that everything will be fine here. Uh, it would be surprising to see otherwise. So, Yeah, absolutely. But definitely some good news that uh, Pelic is back. And the other news that we heard today was on the Ela Sorokin front. And it seems like there's conflicting reports slash rumors on that front, Mitch. Uh, I don't know what, what your take is on it. Yeah, so I'm I'm not worried. I'm really not because nothing has changed. Absolutely nothing has changed right now, right? Like, so if if we're talking about the Arthur Staple article, right? Like, because that's yes. the one that really matters to us the most because Arthur Staple is an Islanders beat writer. Um, he hasn't said anything different, right? The league said we don't want to we don't want to allow players to sign contracts for this year, but it's not our decision, right? And what I a lot of Arthur's article, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying this is how I interpreted it, was kind of like talking about the what ifs or maybe he will will resign because the season will get pushed and he won't want to wait that long. To me, it's still up in the air, kind of like what you just said earlier. I think that in terms of uh, you know Sorokin being able to come over for this year, I'd say that's probably not going to happen. But I don't think that necessarily means that, oh, well, I'm not going to sign for 2020-2021 then. Yeah, because then it it really, I forget the timing in terms of when he becomes a free agent. Uh, I think he's got to be 27 on September 3rd, on the year of September 30th. And because his birthday's in August, it kind of screws up with the timing a little bit. So I'm not going to go into that because I'm, I'm not entirely sure about, about that whatsoever entirely. But what I, what I am comfortable talking about is why we shouldn't necessarily be worried right now. Uh, it would surprise me if the NHL just, if the NHL and the NHLPA, because they have to sign off on this, say like, yeah, yeah, guys, we won't allow contracts for 1920. Even though we've done it every year before this, we're going to stop doing it this year for no particular reason whatsoever. Like, it doesn't make any sense to not do this. Like, what? what is the argument? The, the NHL is saying, like, well, it wouldn't be fair to everyone. It's never been fair, ever. But teams do it because you're allowed to do it. Why would you stop now? Why? It doesn't make any sense, aside from, like, you didn't like something years ago, you want to stop it now, and you're looking for an opportunity. That's it. But no. you can't. Right. Like, if that's always been the case, like, wasn't Charlie McAvoy an, an example of that happening? Charlie McAvoy, Kale McCarr, Chris Kreider are the three big ones that come to mind. I'm sure there are other ones, of course, but those are the big ones. Yeah, so, I mean, then it's almost making it a disadvantage for the 2019-20 season by not allowing it. Well, and, and that's, it's also a disadvantage for the Islanders and for the Minnesota Wild, right, with Kirill Kaps, uh, Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. They're in the same situation. Kaprizov's a year younger. Um, but these players are looking to come over and they're looking to take advantage of the situation at hand. Yeah, it's it's it circumvents kind of the the um, what's the word I want to use here? 
the spirit of the rules or the spirit of the, the entry-level contracts and such. But look, you take advantage of the rules at hand, and the Islanders and Wild aren't the first ones to do it. So why would you punish them now for, again, no particular justifiable reason at all? Like, the league is just being uh, stubborn and a lot of other words that I don't want to repeat here, but just pig-headed and, and douchey. I, I don't, it doesn't really, I don't get why they're trying to do this. Again, the justification they give is, well, it wouldn't be fair, rosters are set because we had the trade deadline. Okay, well, let's reference back last year. Kale McCarr brought in for the, um, by the Colorado Avalanche, scored a playoff goal in his first game. His first game scored a playoff goal. Go talk to the team you scored a goal against. I'm pretty sure they'd be like, well, that's not necessarily fair. Until they get in that situation where they can bring a high-skilled player in. Then we go like, well, it's just the rules, guys. Like, you can't have your cake and eat it too all the, whenever you feel like it. Yeah, and that's the thing. You're kind of just changing it now because it would be convenient, which I don't know. I don't, I'm with you. I don't agree with the logic. I, I just can't find a justifiable argument. Like, some people, I, I've seen an argument, well, where are they going to get the money? They have it. Leave that up to the team to decide. That's not the NHL's problem. Right. I know they're all about cost certainty, but like, look, if the team wants to sign an ELC with a max 925 salary, do it. Do it. Why do you care? And this this kid might not even play. He's probably not even going to play. Correct. He will he won't. I unless there's an injury to one of Varlamov or Grice, there's no shot of him even dressing for a game. Right, they'll probably bring him in, right? Like, let's bring him into the squad now. Let's, uh, like, um, what's uh, acclimatize him? I'm trying. I'm thinking of the French word, but just like na- naturalize him essentially to his setting and surroundings, calmly and comfortably, so that yeah. next year he doesn't have to juggle all of these things all at once. We get, get him, him comfortable now. Get him accustomed to it. There we go. Thank you. Customs. My goodness. Why couldn't I think of that? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Why? Why not? And but the NHL is saying no. But again, it is not their call necessarily. They can say they don't want to, but there's a 500-page document called the Collective Bargaining Agreement that says <laughs> not necessarily otherwise, but has no rule and no basis or legal uh, framework for them to say no. So the NHLPA, I would imagine, will say, like, you can't do this. Uh, this this wasn't a collectively bargained situation. Uh, so they're going to have to come to some sort of agreement, and Lou thinks that that's, that's happening soon. Okay. So, he didn't give any indication on which way he was leaning. I'm sure, right? Oh, and it's Lou. He's not. He's not going to do that. <laughs> Plus, like his boys, Gary is. is his boys with Gary Bettman. Like he's not going to throw him under the bus either. He will follow the line, whatever is established between the NHL and the NHLPA, and he won't have any gripe about it. I'm sure he he could. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I, I, it gets back to what you're saying. I wouldn't necessarily worry about Sorokin being like, "Well, you know what? Screw you. I'm leaving. I'm going to Russia, and I'm staying there forever and ever." Amen. Like some people in the in the comment section, I saw one comment to the article we wrote going like, I told you people he's not coming. Let's chill out. Like the kid's coming. Why would he not come? He's got, he's going to make millions of dollars. Why would he like, oh, no, yeah, does got view. I want to stay in Russia. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know. I, uh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I'm with you on that one. So I think we're on the same wavelength on uh, both those big news stories from today. I think the uh, they, they they find a way and they they sign him to that ELC deal this year and they just burn it. Yeah, I mean he would love that. And from the Islanders' perspective, like I don't even think that, like it, I don't think it's going to cost them as much on that first RFA contract as some might think, either. Especially if he hasn't played any games. Well, then he's got no way of, wi- of getting those those bonuses, right? Right, but that's what I mean. Like I don't think. Not not for the ELC, I'm saying. I'm saying for, like, oh. let's say if you burn the ELC this year and he plays zero games, he's then an RFA, and you have to give him a new contract. I don't think it's going to be some kind of lucrative deal. It's going to be some probably cheapish one-year deal. Oh, yeah. Lou's not going to be, like, $12 million Connor McDavid right. money. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be, let's see what you got, and then, like, maybe if you if you pitch carry price numbers in year one all right cool we'll give you some we'll give you a lot of money but no i I would expect something between three and four million dollars for yeah a year or two max yeah that exactly so i think it could work out for both sides to be honest with you i really do yeah absolutely 100 percent agree awesome so when we come back we are going to break down the 24 team playoff that became official this week as per gary bettman 
What's going on, Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson with you hanging out talking New York Islanders hockey here on episode number 145. It became official. We know this week Gary Bettman was on my TV, and Mitch, I have not been so happy to see Gary Bettman on my TV in my entire life. <laughs> I saw you tweet that from the Eyes on Al's account. I was going, amen. Hey, man, brother, like I, I, I usually don't care that much to see Gary Batman, except for when he's saying hockey's back, baby. Right, exactly. So there will be the 2014 playoffs. We don't know which two host cities it's going to be yet. He did not disclose that information. Um, one, obviously, is going to be where the Eastern Conference is. The Western Conference is going to be in the other city. And then for the Stanley Cup, I'm sure they will just pick one of those two. Again, we don't know. But what we do know is that the Islanders are in the qualifying round best of five series, and they will be playing against the Florida Panthers. Sounds great. Bring it on. Um, I just wanted to bring up the host city potentials because I think there's... There's 10, I think. Yeah, so like Edmonton, Toronto, Las Vegas. I I wanted to bring them up here, but I'm trying to find the the tweet from Elliot Friedman just because he's the only one that can I could think of off the top of my head who's got it. There it is. Uh, Hub cities under consideration: Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Los Angeles, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vancouver, Vegas. So for Eastern Conference, that would be Columbus, Pittsburgh, Toronto. That's it. Unless they're willing to play in central time, which would be fine, right? Like if it's central, then I'll know. I guess it'd still be Eastern Conference team. So we're looking at Columbus, Pittsburgh, Toronto, probably. I heard a rumor that it's Columbus. I don't, I'm not going to confirm it, but I have heard a rumor that it's Columbus and uh, Vegas. The Vegas one makes sense because of all the hotels and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Columbus makes sense. It's not very big. No offense, Columbus. You're just not. You're not Edmonton. Sorry, Toronto with eight million people. Uh, although Pittsburgh isn't very big either. Uh, but I think no. Columbus is a nice mix of not very big, but not 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 too big. Like it's a medium sized city, right? To me, yeah. And I feel like they should probably keep it out of the Northeast because that's more populated. Col- Columbus isn't so much. Like I don't really consider Columbus, Ohio, the Northeast. No, exactly. So I, I think it's the 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 more logical solution i would say plus i think the hotel is like five minutes walk right to the arena yeah it's relatively close so uh, i think that would make the most sense it'd be really sucky if they make uh eastern conference team go all the way out west to play (laughs) that would really suck that would really suck uh i guess essential would be fine for me like if they're playing in dallas or something then you know games at eight instead of seven that's fine with me my kids go down at seven gives me an hour to get ready so i like that yeah i could work with it Plus, my, my daughter goes like, she has to go for pee like three times between the time we put her to bed and 7.05. It was four times today between 7 and 7.20. Four different times. Oh, I have to go pee. You just went. I just saw. How, how, how is this possible? You didn't drink any water. What is going on here? <laughs> That's just a kid's trick. I used to do the same thing. Oh, she's dawdling. She's just buy, trying to buy time thinking like, if I go to the bathroom, I just gained five minutes of awake time. You're like, why? Doing what? Doing? You've done nothing. I, I, well, I know. I, I was in in that boat. Ugh. Anyways, so this 2014 playoff, we are playing the Florida Panthers, who we will destroy, right? I, uh, I don't destroy. I don't know if I'll go that far, but I am confident. I'll say that. Yeah, that's me being overzealous. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm confident they could beat the Florida Panthers. I don't know if they could sweep them. Although, do we know if it's a best of five yet? Yeah, it's a best of five. Okay. So, um, I, three games uh, over the Florida Panthers. So, what they've already done this year, right? They've played three games and they've won all three. So, Right. I, I think the reason why I'm so confident, I guess, is because I, I know the Islanders don't score a lot. But the Panthers letting goals like it's going out of style. And I feel like that could definitely help out the Islanders, especially if they are at full strength in defensive mode as well. Yeah, so like we're at full strength, so with the Florida Panthers, but even then a full strength Florida Panthers team versus a full strength Islanders team, the Islanders are three and oh. So like I, I favor us. Yes, they have a good coach. They have a pretty darn good goalie, usually. Uh they got a good offensive line. Um but it just hasn't gelled yet. Like maybe next year different story for the Florida Panthers, but right. uh, they don't necessarily scare me much. 
Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat there. So uh, I'm I'm completely fine with that matchup. After that, who who the heck knows? But I'm just excited that you know we're gonna get some form of playoff hockey back, and the Islanders are involved. Absolutely, like it could be Tampa, it could be anyone else. I guess like the top four teams will have seeding kind of tournament or whatever, which is gonna be strange. But you know, whatever. Yeah, that, that I find that a little bit weird too. But and there's gonna be two exhibition games per team. Is it two or three? I think it might be two. I don't remember offhand. So there, there'll be the training camp that should start early July, potentially. Uh, and then that'll go on for three weeks, I feel. So that'll be fun because then that'll be extended rosters. So like guys that, that were in the, AH, the AHL, like Wallstrom, Bellows, uh, Dobson will get a fuller look, right? Uh, maybe even Samuel Bozuk comes in. Like some of those guys and Sorokin likely, like that'll be fun. We're, we're going to get to see some of these guys or at least hear about them more frequently. And that, that'll be great. Yeah, I would think so. One of the things that I know we've talked about in the past too that was mentioned by Gary Bettman was the amount of people that were going to be allowed to travel with each team, which is 50. That's not a lot. No. So while, I mean, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm excited. That's amazing that hockey is going to be coming back. It, but I don't know how much media coverage there is going to be of the uh, the training camps. Well, I would imagine that 50 is only limited to the team and, and its personnel, right? Whereas, like, the writers aren't don't cover that. Like, I wouldn't even imagine that that counts for, like, Brendan Burke. Although, I'm sure they'll, they'll have, like, one telecast instead of just having it only, like, the Isles MSG broadcast and another one and another one. I would think that it would just be a national broadcast. Oh man, we not may not get Brendan Burke. Oh, God. Well, we might. I, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll probably hire him somehow. Well, I mean, he does work for NBC, so there's a chance that he could be put on it. Exactly. So I think we'll be okay. Other teams, probably not. <laughs> this is true, but yeah, I'm. I'm. What, what's your take on the 12 teams in each conference getting a look? Are you okay with this? Yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Like like Lewis said, like there's no ideal solution here. Uh, the ideal solution would be to play out an 82-game season and then go forward. Um, but we can't do that, so this is the best option. I like that it's kind of gimmicky, right, with the play-ins, and the play-ins get like a draft. We could talk about that afterwards because that threw me for a loop. Um, but I, I'm okay with it. I think it'll be fun. Um, should the season be canceled? Yeah, I said that a while ago. The season probably should be canceled. That's like the, the easiest the easiest option here is just just cancel it. We don't have to worry about anything, and then we can we can not hide, but like stay behind that. Well, we're just more worried about health than anything else. But a league that just wants to make money can't necessarily do that, I suppose. Exactly. And uh, you mentioned the lottery situation. That the, that's confusing as all hell. But essentially, if you lose in the first round you are put into that, or in the qualifying round, you are then eligible for the lottery, correct? That is correct. Um, so it, it's very confusing. It took me a while. Thank you, Ryan, for helping me talk, like just talking it through with me to be like, what the hell is this garbage? Uh, and I, I don't, I didn't like it at first because it was overly complicated. It made me feel dumb. Um, but once I kind of got my head around it, I was going, all right, it's fair. It's convoluted, but like, it's fine. I, I, I'm okay with it, right? So, like, they have, um, what is it, 76% of it going to the t- the bottom seven teams. And if they don't win, then, and by win, I mean if they don't, like, gobble up the top three picks that are available, uh, then the bottom eight, so the losers of the first round or the playing rounds, will have a chance. And all will have an equitable 12.5% chance, as far as I understand, to get it, to get a pick. I don't know how the odds work out necessarily, but they'll have a chance of getting the first overall pick. So even if the Islanders don't win their first round matchup against the Florida Panthers, they could still pull out Alexis Lafreniere. I thought, th- isn't there a re-pick scenario too? I I don't want to confuse myself on air. Probably. <laughs> probably. I don't still fully, I, I don't understand it enough to really talk about it competently. All I know is the Islanders have a chance of drafting the first overall pick if they lose in the first round or the yeah. play-in round, whatever well, you want to call it. Also, their pick that they traded for J.G. Pajot is top three protected. But if they lose in the first round, there's a chance 
that they could be giving up a top 12 pick in the draft. Correct. <laughs> Man, Ottawa, Ottawa looking like gangbusters could get the, at the very least, second, third, and 12th. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, well, hopefully the Islanders win, so it doesn't have to be that. Yes, exactly. And then we get their third, or we get to keep our third-round pick. No, we would have to give our third-round pick. I want to give our third-round pick in 2022, because that means we won the Cup. Yeah, that would be cool. There you go. I'm in on that. Uh, anything else on the 2014 playoff matchup or anything like that? I, I, I can't wait. I really can't wait till we can start talking about hockey again. Because I uh, just from a professional standpoint, I'm tired of 5,000 page few days. Uh, I would like the 10,000 page few days back again to at least 15. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, next up is something we're calling the Lou anniversary. Because Lou Lamarillo was hired two years ago this past week. And uh, you wrote something that surprised a bunch of people, saying that his tenure has been a resounding success so far. So would you like to uh, make your case for the people? So resounding means unmistakable, right? So like, there's yes. no mistake that Lou has been a successful GM for the New York Islanders. Boom, case closed, Your Honor. Thank you. I'll take my leave. That's it, right? It wasn't like, could anyone say like, ah, he's a failure, Lay out your arguments so I can crush them. There's no one who can say that Lou Lamorello has been a failure of a GM. And if you think that, you need to check your head. Yes, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I I definitely think that it uh, the reason why it angered people is because they disagreed with some of his moves, which I think that it's fair to say that someone has been successful while also disagreeing with some of the things they've done to get to that point what moves have failed aside from like Derek Brassard right what move leo. failed leo he's well what okay maybe sure fine i'll give you that one leo and Brassard, two bottom six guys weren't very good great and even then Brassard is gone right so he took a shot and he didn't it didn't pan out so what he wasted 1.2 million dollars on that kolvar maybe wasted two million dollars on that I, it doesn't really. I, you're preaching to the choir. I know, but like, part. it wouldn't be good content if we don't have a little bit of a back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So, it's um, I, I'm with you for the most part on this, man. I think when you look at what the Islanders were quote supposed to be after losing John Tavares and what they have been over the last two years, it's hard to say that he hasn't done a good job. And like everyone loves to praise Barry Trotz, which is true. I am I am beating the drum. I love the man Barry Trotz. Does Barry Trotz come here if Lou Lamarillo doesn't? No. No. There you go. Like that that's the first thing you say when Lou calls, you answer. <laughs> Lou called and he answered. If it's <laughs> yeah. Gar Snow going like, oh hey, can you come coach my team? He'd be like, No thanks, I'll take my bets with anybody else. Thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, well, he it's, wouldn't even he wouldn't even do that. Doug Way would still be there. Yeah, we'd still be in well, and the Tavares might still be here too, but if we want to get into that wormhole, you don't think so? I don't think Tavares would still be here, even if Garsno was around. I really don't. Okay. I don't, I don't think he's so pro Garsno that he's like, screw it, I'm going to Toronto. <laughs> I, and if that's the case, then via could be his buddy, because like <laughs> you did not have the health of the organization in your in your head then, because like that was not a healthy relationship between the Islanders and Garsno. No, apparently not. Maybe for um, him, I suppose. But as I'm, I'm with you for the most part on this because, like, my biggest argument is, I, if I had to choose between Lou or Barry, in terms of who I would give more of the credit to, I might go Barry. But you don't have Barry without Lou. It's like the chicken and the egg argument here. It is, and and that's the thing, right? Like, he, but he put all these guys in place. He put the plan in place, and he put the pieces that fit the plan. So, like. I, I give a ton of credit to to Barry, but I, I give more credit to Lou because he orchestrated the whole thing. He put the guy that he knew would get the job done with the tools he had, and lo and behold, it worked. Like, they're the seventh best team on record since Lou Lamarillo took over. Tell me that's not a success. A seventh best team in the league over two years, and he wasn't a success? Who Who's, who, who's making that decision? Who's making that call to be like, that was a failure? Because that's a dumb take. Yeah, I... That that's crazy to call it a failure. Again, I think it's fair to be critical of some of the moves that he has made or maybe lack thereof in the in last year, but I 
I'm overall happy with where the organization is going. I think they are close to being a contending team. I don't think they're quite there right now, but I'm not so positive that they are extremely far off like some people believe. No, they're they're one top six piece away, not even a top six, one top line piece away, which makes it sound like, oh, just one piece. But you're going, that's the hardest piece to find, really. (laughs) Really, when you think about it. Uh, I I want to do a piece on that, looking at every team's top line and how they acquired them. Like if it was a draft, where did they draft him from? It was it a trade. How what did they give up to trade him? Like, what are we looking at to bring in one of those guys? I like that. We'll see. To that we'll one. see about that. But that's really the only thing that Lou hasn't succeeded on is bringing in a top line guy. But like Mark Stone, maybe was the closest thing he could have got. You could say Artemi Panarin, but I don't think he was ever coming. Although, f- positive. Can I have a positive spin on Artemi Panarin? Sure. We cost the Rangers more money. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's, that's it. It's, it's a very minor, <laughs> minor win, but I'll, it's a win. God damn it. Yeah, they drove the cost up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, we, he used us for getting another like maybe a million or two out of them per year. Fine, whatever. If, if that's what it, what we did, and then when they get in cap hell, great. Then we can go like, thank you very much. But until then, it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, it it de- it definitely sucks. It definitely sucks. But I uh, I was a little surprised that of the I don't know if backlash is the right word but some of the uh the strong takes on that so was I I, I like I knew not everyone would agree and obviously the wording is to is to g- generate more clicks uh but I wanted to make it look like I I fully agree that this was a success and what is unmitigated about lose tenure is that it was successful it was a success it has been a success um if you're going to blame him for not bringing in John Tavares then I don't know what to do for you. He had, like, what, three months, not even to convince him? He was hired May 22nd. John left July 1st. He didn't even have two months to figure that out. Meanwhile, John's been here for nine years. There's nine years of baggage that Lou had a month and a half to undo. Come on, please. And then Panarin. Well, Panarin never wanted to come. As Again, he didn't want to come. We offered him more money, which is all we could have done in that situation, was offer him more money and a winning, and a winning potential. And he said, no. All right, well, what else do you want? Yeah, I I don't know um, what you could have expected Lou Lamarillo to do. I could I understand being frustrated that Panarin didn't sign, but you're not. If you're taking your frustrations out on Lou, you're taking out on the wrong person. The only one I think that people can hang their head on, and we didn't bring it up yet, is the Robin Leonard situation. That was bad. That 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 was bad. I agree. It, that really didn't work out. Would he would he be better than Simeon Varlamov? Probably. We'll never know, but probably. Uh, would he have stuck around for three years and be eventually be a backup? Maybe. And if not, we could have traded him. So, like, the possibility was there. And, and like, the money was the same. It just, that, that maybe. If you're going to say Lou wasn't a success because he didn't sign uh, Leonard, you're still wrong, but you're right to be mad about it. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I forgot about that one initially, but that... That one did rub me the wrong way. So that would be high up on the list of complaints. Yeah. So even then, max maximum number of complaints, three. And if you think that's enough to be like, it's not a success, then I don't know what to do for you. <laughs> Are you ready to get into the quiz, Mitch? Yes. All right. Let's hang on. Do it. So we are doing episode number. But well, that wasn't. Let me try that again. So. Episode 145 of the Eyes on Isles podcast quiz time. We like to dedicate our show to a player who's played X number of games for the Islanders. X is solved for 45 today. So a player who's played 45 games for the New York Islanders, Matt. I will ask you five questions, and in those five questions, I will progressively reveal more details about this person, and hopefully you can guess them. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. Let's do it. Question number one. I was born on April 27th, 1988 in Samara, Russia. Obviously, you know who this is. Just say it. Go ahead. Just say it. I know you know it. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I don't think anyone does. Uh, may- maybe one person. I was drafted, question number two, or clue number two. I was drafted by the Cap- uh, the Washington Capitals. I was going to say the Carolina Hurricanes. By the Washington Capitals, 23rd overall in the 2006 draft. A Russian drafted 23rd overall in 2006. 
next. Born in 88. Okay. Uh, I lost my list here. One second. Uh, number three, I came in second for the Vezina Trophy in 2013-14 with a 2.41 goals against average and 9.27 save percentage. So it's a Russian goalie drafted in 06, 23rd overall by the Caps. Varlamov? Bing, you got it, buddy. Yay. All right. With three. You had two left. Uh, my next one was Isles fans were not happy when they signed me. And number five is I'm supposed to bring my buddy Sorokin over. <laughs> there we go. You gave me one of my wheelhouse finally. Yes. I, I saw it come up. And I, when I saw the players for 45, because of the way NHL.com breaks it down, you can only look at skaters and then goalies separately. Mm. Uh, I didn't see someone that I, I figured you'd recognize right away, nor, nor would I really. Uh, and then when I looked at the goalie list, I was like, boom, Varley, have to do it. Have to do. That was good. That was good. I like that one. Good job, but you got one in three guesses, buddy. Good job by you. Absolutely. So when we come back, we are going to get into the social segment and what's going on on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number one forty-five. Getting into the social segment now. What's going on around the internet? Mitch, what do you got for us this week? Uh, this is from uh, friend Rob Tob, who said, Brian Trotchett telling the story of him stealing the Stanley Cup the night the team won it in 1980 and not telling the Hockey Hall of Fame he had it just so he could wake up the next morning is such a savage move. That is, and I love it. It's, it's just That's goat behavior. Goat behavior right there. Yeah, that's pretty badass. I can't lie. Um, so he could wake up with the Stanley Cup the next day. That's... That's awesome. I, could you imagine what I, I would be a, love to be a fly on the wall for those like after parties? <laughs> I wouldn't survive the after party, man. I, I, sorry. If I could survive the NHL, I could probably survive that. Um, but I would be oh, I would not be in a good shape for at least a couple of weeks afterwards. I don't know how Ovi did it for two straight months. I don't know how he did it. No, he, what he was able to do was legendary. Just straight beer and vodka shots all day, every day. Like the man was a walking toga party for like two weeks. He he was that my favorite was the uh, the video of him in like that uh, the fountain uh, the fountain yeah that just all time video yeah <laughs> just legend legendary stuff by oh, and another legend Brian Trachi there you go absolutely um, my first one is we have a new member of Isles Twitter Mitch <laughs> and his oh. name is Mike Milberry. <laughs> why why did he do this why did he do this to himself uh, so. You see, his first tweet was in reference to the shoe thing the incident, which I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Like that's, I guess, like he's uh, semi self aware. So, I'll, and then the next tweet was like, fans should not boo Gary Batman. I'm like, I'm I'm already out. I'm like Mulberry <laughs> after two tweets. I, I'm out. <laughs> that, that's it. That's where I draw the line, man. I can't get involved in that. Uh so I didn't see your piece on the on the greatest reactions. Can you just like, re, like give me your your favorite one? Just one. I didn't oh. I didn't have time to read it just yet because I know you wrote about all the, your your favorite reactions to him being up on Twitter now, okay. and, which is insane. Like I, to me, it's insane that he started with the shoe thing, but like it's Mike Milbury, so it kind of fits. But like he just opened the door for just a floodgate of abuse. Why did you trade for Ashton? Oh, Spencer, this. Oh, chair of that. Like he's just scro- gonna be constant, Mike. I scrolled through the comments looking for, or the replies rather, looking for like what I thought were the best ones, and the amount that was like, like just listing trades, like eighty percent of the. I'm not not even joking. Like eighty might be generous. It might be more than eighty percent. We're just like listing off trades. My favorite one. I wanted to find uh, what it was from. It was from we don't take no on Twitter. And he says, dude came for the Eli Manning welcome, but is getting the Peter Nelson treatment. <laughs> so Eli Manning recently joined Twitter, and he has been crushing it. I am not a Giants fan, uh, but Eli Manning has had a great personality on Twitter. Like, everyone's been loving it. If you've been on Twitter last week, you probably know who Peter Nelson is. If you don't, he's being blamed for the breakup of the Caller Daddy podcast and... Everyone on Twitter hates him. So essentially what he is saying is he was coming on Twitter expecting like, oh, like this is going to be great. Everyone's going to love me. And clearly that's not what's going to happen. No. Uh, favorite sub tweet about the Mike Milbury going on is from uh, Dan Saracini, Culture of Losing. 
I gave I, I give Mil, my uh, sorry I give Milbury a week before he tries to trade his Twitter for two Peach accounts and a MySpace page to be named later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. There's uh, another good one in here. It said, "I'll trade you a pack of expired coupons and Felix Botfin for that shoe." <laughs> that was my second favorite. <laughs> oh, that's great! I, I want this to be a thing. Like everyone, every week, there's like a new Mike Milbury trade request. Like, I'll trade you this used bottle of water and this half-eaten cake for your, I don't know, Starbucks, your fresh Starbucks order. <laughs> and he'd be like, "I, I got, I gotta do it." have to anytime you can get a used water bottle you got to get it got to get <laughs> half eaten cake uh sorry next is from uh, jeff i'm gonna massacre this name i'm sorry jeff uh magliacchetti m-a-g-l-i-o-c-c-h-e-t-t-i magliacchetti i don't know how to do the double c anyways he tweets out saying when the rangers and islanders were 0.002 points away from a best of five playoff series and then has a gif of like the Star Wars saying we were on the verge of greatness. We were this close. Could you imagine yeah. a first round matchup against the Rangers? That would be electric factory. Yeah, that would be a ton of fun. That really would be. And uh, that would be something to be excited about for sure. I, don't, I can't remember when was the last time they met in playoffs. The 80s, I would imagine. Could have been. I don't know, I, but, but that was more, you didn't have to answer that question. It was more of just me talking out loud that it's been a very long time since the Islanders and Rangers last met in the playoffs. Yeah, but now I want to know. I, I, I got to know. I got to know when the last time they faced off against each other in the playoffs. Uh, 1990, the Rangers beat them 4-1. Okay. Didn't they play them in, in 93? Yeah, they swept them in, sorry, 94. That I think was the last time. And the Rangers swept us. So, okay. good times. <laughs> Not ideal. Um, my next one is, I saw it, I've seen it a bunch on Twitter from a bunch of different accounts, so I'm not going to you know necessarily put it on one person. It's not my original idea either. But the Nassau Coliseum is going to do drive-in movies now. And, like, you could obviously sit in your car and watch a movie. They have to do something for Islanders playoff games. I know it's probably going to be maybe a little bit harder to do the social distancing or enforcing that for a playoff game. But if you could get the logistics on that, that would be phenomenal to do. But what would be the difference between a screen and movie or drive in movie and a drive in hockey game? It's the same. It's the same setup. You just probably have more people, more but you people, can have multiple yeah. screens. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. I, I think it would be I think it'd be awesome. It's just people need to behave themselves. That's all. Yes, they do. Uh, so we'll see about that. But I think that has incredible potential. Have you ever done? Like, have you ever gone to a drive-in movie? No, it's like it's a bucket list thing for me to do. I really want to. I've just I don't know of that many places here on Long Island that have done it. I, I it was a big thing when I was a kid. Like that's what we would do. Uh, we used to have one not too far from where I lived, and it was amazing. I remember just like you you would back into the spot, and we had a not a, it wasn't a station wagon, but kind of, it was like hatchback type of thing. And you would mm-hmm. open up the back and you could lay down if you put the seats back and you could lay down on the seats and watch the movie from your car. Uh, the only problem is if there were a lot of bugs out. That really sucks. Okay. Yeah, I could see that being an issue. But like back in the early 90s, we didn't have like the powerful deep that you've got now. So it may not be that much of an issue nowadays. There you go. And I would love to back the pickup truck in and just like, I don't know, sit in like a long chair or something in the, in the back of the bed with a cooler. It, it's amazing, man. Like if you can do a drive-in, do it. It's awesome. Like even, the movie doesn't even matter. It, don't go and watch something you want to see. Just go in something you don't care about because that's even better. It's got to be like experience. maybe an action movie, obviously, or a comedy, uh, but you don't want like a, a drama because that, that really sucks. Or but, yeah, something hard to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Fun summer movie. Oh man, drive-ins are the best. Yeah, definitely something that I want to hit. Uh, anything else for you uh, and social this week? My last one comes from Mike Comito. It says, on this day in 2001, so this is May 23rd, uh, the Islanders named Peter Laviolette as a head coach, or as head coach, and it really sucks. <laughs> he was he was around and didn't give didn't get a fair shake, uh, and it really just brings me back to the, the Mike and the Mag Dog, uh, Mad Dog spot that you uh, showed me a while ago where they just rip him. 
That's a legendary rant. I love anytime that resurfaces, which it does every couple of years. I have to listen to the full thing. It's just incredible. Yeah, just when Mike Dog goes right into him. Why? Why, Mike? Why would you do that? And he's, well, if you let me explain, I would take the... No, he's not going to because it doesn't make any goddamn sense. You didn't give this guy a fair sh- chance. Or this guy's like, you're a con artist and I can't work for you. I'm out of here, buddy. Yeah, which probably both are true. So, yeah, probably. Some form of both, I would say. Um, I was gonna say- Oh, last thing. Birthday shout out. It is Richard Park's birthday today. So happy birthday, Richard Park. Happy birthday, Richard Park. It was Barzal's birthday yesterday, two days ago? Yes. How, how'd you like uh, his Instagram story today? Bud? I did not. I did not like. Just like <laughs> casually, uh, I'm 23 now. I guess I'm getting old or I'm getting old. And I was going, buddy, no, you're not. I'm 13 years older than you and I'm getting old. And there are people older than me. Right? Like, uh, come on, man. You're at the prime of your life. I wished. Oh, man, if I can go back 13 years. Oh, buddy, that would be amazing. <laughs> just, just me and my wife, my kids, maybe like they're hanging out with grandparents and we would go back 13 years. Time of our lives. It'd be amazing. There you go. I, I, I got a good laugh out of that. You were the first person I thought of when I saw his story today, because anytime I mentioned, oh, I'm getting old or back in the day, I would do this. You would always like you just like old man staring <laughs> at clouds coming out. Youth millennials. <laughs> So that'll do it for us on episode 145. Just a couple of plugs before we go. Wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. really helps us out. We appreciate it, especially during times like this. It really helps. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes and Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download our app available on iPhone or Android, the Eyes on Isles app. You can visit the website, eyesoniles.com. And, of course, if you're interested, patreon.com slash eyesoniles gets you so much content for 5 bucks a month. You can get mailbags, live streams, newsletters, video. Uh, it's more of a, it's a, new, it's a news video now, correct? I, I call it a newscast. Newscast. There we go. That's, I should know these things. But a, a newscast. It's a lot of fun. You get a great community of Islanders fans over there. So patreon.com slash eyes on Isles if you want to help us out over there. Mitch, episode 145 in the books. It was a fun one. Let's get to 146, buddy. Almost 150 episodes. That's crazy. Killing it. Absolutely crushing it. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.